You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Hell State Nation? Welcome into Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I am your host, Taylor Jones. Locked On Mississippi State is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Maroon Friday show is brought to you by Built Go. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And that's how we are going to open our Maroon Friday show. We've got a big game coming up tomorrow as the Bulldogs will travel to Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Bart Height is with us today. We're going to be previewing that uh, game and uh, looking at everything, uh, all the aspects of that game, including uh, a nice weather forecast. I don't think we've ever done a weather forecast on uh, Locked On Mississippi State before, but that's going to play a key role in a lot of things uh, heading into the weekend. We've also got a big slate of SEC football games to talk about as well. Uh, Pretty similar to what we saw last week, we've got two games in the conference that are between two ranked teams, uh, number four, Florida, number 21, Texas A&M, and then number 14, Tennessee, at number three, Georgia. But we'll talk about all of the the games going on in the conference, as well as Mississippi State's game. And, uh, well, first of all, before we do that, I'd like to welcome in our guy, Bart Heitch, to the show. Uh, Good to have a Maroon Friday show with Bart Heitch. It seems real now. We've got a game coming up tomorrow. Seems real, man. Um, every Friday's Maroon Friday. So, um, you know, we got to regroup. Uh, I like the vibes that are coming out of Starkville. So, not an easy place to play, but it's time to go back to work. Yeah, that's right. We'll uh, focus a little bit on us this week, too. Um, as of now, I'm guessing that Kylan Hill's good to go. We uh, heard from Coach Leach earlier in the week, said that he expected him to be available as well as Will Rogers. I don't know if we'll see Will Rogers play in the game or not, but those are two of the key guys that uh, we were looking forward to seeing if they were going to be available uh, this week or not. But Kylan Hill back into the game. Uh, how much of an impact do you think that he plays into the offense? I think we saw a lot of that last week against Arkansas. And with him being back, how well do you see him uh, really contributing to the offense? It's... You know, how how many um, running backs have we had week three that are in the conversation for best running back in the league in the last 25, 30 years? It's huge. Yeah. I mean, we have 18 catches like we discussed in the last last, um, podcast about freshmen catching those passes. And it's like when you got a guy like he's just dynamic, he can catch it, he can run it, he can make people miss. And But we're going to have to run the football. And we're going to give it to him, you know, and kind of, you know, he's a bell cow kind of guy, you know, he, he's a Kamara kind of guy. And, and I've always, you know, a lot of times, you know, my opinion is great minds like Sean Payton and Mike Leach, they, they sometimes like don't outthink themselves, but like they just don't give it to what's easy. And like, you've seen Sean Payton this year, know, really start giving it to Kamara. And I think you're going to see that. Um, I, I want to see a workload. You know, I want to see 30, 35 touches, man. Um, because if you give it to him, because it's probably going to be raining. And there's a lot of dynamics that go in with that, you know, in playing football in the rain. You know, how many fans have really done that, you know, it, whether it be high school, college, whatever. So, 
I'm anxious to see him, and I think he's hungry. You know, he, you know, he, he tweeted out a couple of things that said, you know, he he wants this he wants this thing to be good, Taylor. And I think we can all agree with that. And we and we're not going to be nearly as good as we could be without him. Well, stay on the topic of running backs. Uh, looking at Kentucky's running back system now, what if I were to tell you guys that last week Kentucky had three rushers with over 100 yards on the ground and neither one of them were Cavassier Smoke. Yeah, that's right. Cavassier Smoke, he went out with an injury, not going to be able to play in the game uh, Saturday against Mississippi State, but he had five carries for 29 yards in the uh, overtime loss to Ole Miss. But you had a seam Rose uh, with 12 carries, 117 yards. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, 17 carries, 133 yards with two touchdowns. And Terry Wilson Jr., who's had a pretty good all-around year this year, had uh, over 230 yards passing against Auburn. He rushed for 129 yards in the loss at Ole Miss, too. So how key is uh, that uh, for the Mississippi State defense to stop them? Because you know, uh, looking at the weather forecast, you brought up a pretty good point, Bart, about the rain coming in. And uh, as of right this second, as we're uh, recording the podcast, a 71% chance of rain on Saturday night in Lexington. It's going to be a very windy night as well. Going to be cooling down to around 59 degrees, but... Uh, I've been to Lexington when it's uh, uh, when it's you know comfortable for you know us down here, and it's uh, not quite as comfortable up there. Uh, but so 59 degrees is going to be a little bit chillier uh, with the rain involved too. So how important is it for the Mississippi State defense to really key in on those running backs since they have so many threats? Well, I mean Wilson hadn't really shown anything throwing the football uh, that I've seen um, Auburn game especially and. You know, they have a really good offensive line, and, you know, that's the thing. If I think always, like, it's going to be a constant short passing game or, or, or screen passes. And, like, and I'm telling first of all, I'm kind of upset, though, because Cavassier Smoke is, like, the best name for a running back that I've heard in a minute. Would you – since on Johnson, would you agree with that? Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Uh, I can't remember all the names that were involved, but there are a lot of, uh, of really good names uh, in the SEC, especially, you know, you talked about Carrion Johnson from a couple years ago, Cavassier Smoke, a guy that we played last week, Bumper Pool, uh, playing linebacker for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yes. There's a lot of really good names that are but, out there in college football this year. Hey, man, Cavassier Smoke is old school. I mean, that that is that that is bringing some old school vibes, and I love it. And he's, he's really good, and we're actually fortunate. I hope he gets better. Um, don't want any any player to be out. Uh, we're fortunate he's not playing. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. Um, I'm uh, I'm scared of Rose. I, I think number ten's really good, man. And what Rodriguez has shown as well. I mean, it's it, it's a two headed monster now. So now you got two guys who are really getting that opportunity, and you got a quarterback who's extremely dynamic, a really good offensive line. I mean, we're gonna have to. I really think that our corners um, our corners play a big role in this game and uh, and I think Peters plays a big role in this game as well uh because we've got to be able to get up and stop the run and and also if if if, if we're able to stop the run you know that takes away the play action and that's a huge deal um in SEC games as you'll see in red zone defense um I mean how how much do we have the ball to Taylor you know because this is a game to where ball control could be big and that's why I think it's so big for us to run the football and 
you know, keep our defense off the field Saturday afternoon. That's a huge deal in this game. And uh, keeping control of the ball in a uh, Mike Leach air raid system, it is possible. But uh, looking at KJ Costello, uh, had it having a pretty good game against LSU. Uh, and you know, again, when you throw for over 400 yards, you consider that a bad game in this system. Uh, but that's what happened with KJ Costello. He threw uh, threw a handful of interceptions there too. Uh, so what's the key for him to bounce back? And again, you know, we're bringing up rain again too. Do you think that's really going to affect him and the receivers in the game? I mean, it can. Uh, the, the thing about like rain, snow, and you know what have you is the receivers always know where they're going. You know, when the traction is, and it's always a big deal. But a lot of it has to do with hands. You know, how big are his hands? You know, I don't know because that's the biggest thing about being a quarterback. Um, you know, it, it's the water is a problem. You heard Nick Saban talk about it this week. That they've been practicing the rain all week. So those little dynamics. Um, how do we? You know, but at the same time, we got to protect him. We didn't protect him good enough last week. You know whether it's in the rain or not, and I think protection this weekend is a huge deal. Give him time to figure out which way because our receivers are going to know where they're going, whether it's raining or not. And if it, it, I just still think Taylor, I got to shift it back to we got to run the football um, consistently to set up a lot of those looks, a lot of play action, a lot of five yard outs where our, where our receivers know where know know where they're going, and, um, and you know their their secondary is very vulnerable. They're not bad up front. Their secondary is vulnerable, so I think the one-on-one matchups will be there. And you know, hopefully it won't be you know, too bad of weather to where we can at least execute a little bit. This is Locked On Mississippi State, the Maroon Friday show with Bart Heitch and Taylor Jones. If you'd like to follow us on uh, social media, you can do so on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Miss State, Locked On M-I-S-S-S-T. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up before we head into our first break, Bart, and uh, you you know, talk again about the uh, running back situation. Uh, Kylan Hill not able to finish the rest of the game last week, only getting seven yards on one carry. Uh, but according to Coach Leach earlier in the week, everything seems to be good. We should be seeing a lot of him. But we did see two new running backs get some uh, carries, uh, Dylan Johnson and uh, Jaquavius Marks. Two players that are uh, pretty young, but they're going to be the uh, the backup for uh, Kylan Hill. Uh, what were you? Uh, what do you see from them last week, and how do you uh, see them contributing to in case Kylan Hill, uh, you know, God forbid, is you know not able to find the holes or not able to catch or anything like that? Just kind of having those two guys as a backup. I really like Johnson's feet. Um, as we talked about, the touchdown run was good. I mean, he had some good. You know, it's a feel. You know, the speed of the game. You know, they hadn't really played in important reps in that's in a situation to where the speed of the game was like relevant. You know, you can do it in practice, you can do it in high school, you can do it what have you, but until you get out there on an SEC field, doesn't really matter what sport it is, the game's just faster. And so last week they got faster, they got better. So when they go back to practice this week, you know, it it, it doesn't uh it, it's just not the, the game speed is different than the practice speed, and they got that last week. I don't think you'll see anything other than those guys improve because they can catch the football. And that's in this offense, we're going to need running backs that can do that. And they'll only continue to get better. Um, but, but I do think we're going to have to get more consistent in between the tackles. This is the Maroon Friday show of Locked On Mississippi State. More with Bart Heitch in just a few moments here on Locked On Mississippi State, your team every day. You hear me talk about Built Bar all the time. Built Bar, the one thing that I like to grab in those uh, middle of the afternoon snack. Uh, category I keep one in my desk all the time for those instances 
but there are times where you need a little extra boost in the morning. Well, the people that brought you Built Bar also bring you Built Go. Built Go is there for you whenever you hit the wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in an ounce and a half package. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation that you've ever given. You can put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Or if you're like Bart Heitch on Fridays, you can put it in your pocket and uh, put it in your golf bag as well to help you get through that back nine. It comes in delicious uh, three flavors, peanut butter, honey, coconut, chocolate, and chocolate mint. It's fast absorbing and it gets into your system super fast. And it's also a little easier on the stomach because when you've got all that energy, you don't want to have to deal uh, with an upset stomach as well. It's five-hour energy without the crash. It's a monster energy drink with about a third of the caffeine and better results. It is Built Go. When you go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. So again, when you go to BuiltGo.com, check out and use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Continuing our conversation ahead of Mississippi State and Kentucky, uh, coming up on uh, 6.30 at uh, Lexington, uh, Kentucky, uh, Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be there. It's going to be on the SEC Network, and Bart Heitch and I are talking about it with you on Maroon Friday. Uh, looking, uh, I know last week the uh, Kentucky game wrapped up just about the time that Mississippi State was kicking off. I know you were able to... Uh, tailgate and uh, watch a couple of football games uh, with your buddies over at the G Tom tent. Uh, were you able to uh, really dive into the Kentucky Ole Miss game? And what did you see from both teams that you think are uh, high points? And uh, I want you to be as, as, as nice as possible about uh, the land sharks uh, in this too, because we will have to play them later. And it's always good to have a good first impression. It's the minute before we play on there. Though, so, there we you know, we'll, we'll figure all that out when it gets time. Um, I didn't get to see as much. I just don't really like watching them. I mean, my bad. Uh, I watched some of it. Corral's really – Corral's come a long way, and uh, Moore's a stud. That's a fact. Um, that's about all I'll give them. But uh, I did watch the Auburn game, and they got robbed, Taylor, at Auburn. They got robbed. They, they, they got robbed. I mean, that touchdown before the half, that was a touchdown. And then the next play, they throw a pick, and then they and then Auburn. I mean, it was like a it was a fourteen point swing. Fourteen point swings in the SEC are a big deal. They if that touchdown happens like it should have, I think they're going to win that game. So I don't think they're, um, you know, I I just I mean give credit up north, but I don't think this is a bad Kentucky football team. You know, I think I think Stoops has been building it for a while, and. Um, you know, their Kentucky's football fans are a lot better than their basketball fans. That's a fact, and you can quote me on that. Um, but they, uh, it's always, it's just, a, it's a good experience when you go up there. And you know, we've we've had some success there, but Kentucky's a legitimate football team, um, regardless of their record. And we're gonna have to bring our A game to come up there and win. Uh, it's the SEC, and and, it, and it's the road. But hopefully it's every other game thing. You know, everybody keeps saying it's every other game thing with Coach Leach. You never know what you're going to get. Well, maybe we'll get some good this weekend. Yeah, maybe we will as well. Again, 6.30 kickoff, uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky at Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington, uh, 6.30 on the SEC Network. 
Uh, you and I were talking before we recorded this show, too. You wanted to uh, give your thoughts on a little SEC basketball as well. What you got on your mind? Um, as tough as this to say, folks, Alabama's legitimate uh, in basketball. And I, I, I just think – I just wanted to go ahead and give a, a preface for basketball. When we start getting into the basketball, it's going to be – it's going to be even better because SEC's never been this deep, Taylor. No, not, not even not even remotely close. When you start lining up coaches, lining up expectations, um, but the kid that Alabama just got, JD Davidson, he's the highest floor guard prospect to ever come out of the state of Alabama. Yeah, you're uh, you're exactly right about that. You and I both uh, got to call the AHSAA finals uh, at the uh, BJCC a couple months ago, and uh, you were actually right beside me doing TV. I was uh, working with our good friend Tommy Wood doing radio, and absolutely, he uh, you know hit hit that uh, game winning basket from the top of the key, and uh, that I mean that sold me right there. I mean just watching him play in that game against Barber County uh, was was a lot of fun because like there were times where Barber County was just completely. Uh, all over his team. He's uh, from Calhoun, just outside of uh, the Montgomery area on the west side of uh, Montgomery. And uh, Barber County was doing all they could to get in his face. And you could just really see the leadership come out about late second quarter into the third quarter. Took that game into his hands and won that game there at the end. Uh, he's definitely a guy that you want on your team just you know from a leadership standpoint, one. But two, he can shoot it from anywhere else uh, in the floor, too. And it was uh, a good to watch him play, but I really hate that he's that close to Starkville. Really wish we could have gotten him over the state line. You know, Montgomery kids, uh, you know, he stayed home. You know, everybody's been coming after him for a while. He's got five older brothers or four older brothers, I think, that have just groomed him. You know, I know people that are close to him. The kids just – He's worked, and uh, he's proud of where he's from, and he wanted to stay in the state. At the same time, um, we got to compete against these guys, and I think we're going to be okay. I think we got guys that – you know, and, he, and that's the thing about, like, this year. He's not going to be there this year. He's still got another year of high school. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's the one thing about Alabama. They really uh, – Shackelford's got to be the guy. Is he the guy? I don't know. I don't think he's a point guard. But I just – the league is so tough, but I think state can be sneaky, sneaky good. Um, but we're just not going to be able to take games off, take possessions off, you know, like we've done, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of games here and there to where we just, we don't seem really motivated, you know, to play. And uh, I just, I just want to give a preview. SEC basketball is going to be awesome. Let's enjoy the football. Let's enjoy being there um, and being able to go to games and, and just and watching this air raid and watching the SEC develop. You know, as obviously the best conference that controls everything in the uh, in the college football uh, landscape, basketball is going to be really good, y'all, and uh, I'm excited about that when it comes. Yes, SEC basketball coming up before we know it. I believe uh, I believe it's going to be what middle of November before we uh, start seeing the teams hit the uh, hardwood. I know Mississippi State's got a big tournament in Atlanta. Uh, at the beginning of the year. Hopefully I can uh, make it over there. That'd be nice to watch. But a little SEC basketball talk there from uh, Bart Heitch uh, giving us a, a small preview of what to expect this year. He says we're loaded. I completely agree with him. The SEC is going to be a lot of fun to watch in basketball. We've got one more segment coming up in just a few moments. This is Locked On Mississippi State, brought to you by Built Go. 
Final segment of our Maroon Friday show, and here's where we throw in our final picks uh, of the weekend. Of course, with the SEC schedule uh, being the way that it is, we get to preview every SEC game. I looked and look at the SEC West standings. There's only one team that's unbeaten in the division. That's Alabama at two and zero. Everyone else, literally everyone else, in the SEC Shocker. West is at one and one. You look at the SEC East and you say, "Oh, well, they've got three teams that are two and zero." They've also got the most teams that are at zero and two. They've got Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, which at at two and zero, all three of those I think were kind of expected. Kentucky, Mizzou, South Carolina, Vandy are both zero and two. So we'll start off with uh, the first game of the day uh, time-wise, and it's going to be Florida at Texas A&M. The Gators getting the 11 a.m. treatment for the second week in a row. Number four Gators at Texas A&M. Kyle Trask versus Kellen Mond. How do you see that one going in College Station? Big game for Jimbo. Big game for Kellen Mond. Um, I think Florida's good, and I don't think Texas A&M's very good. But – can you circle the wagons? Because you can, you need to. That fan base is about to get upset, Taylor, if they lose a home to Florida. Oh, yeah. Because last weekend was not a good showing in Tuscaloosa. We're like, talk about opting out, talk about it, dude. Everybody. Well, you know what? If Nick Saban gets his kids not to opt out, then everybody else, you know, don't have an excuse. Yeah, so that's right. That when you, When you say that, it's like, I don't know. I'm just um, – I like Florida to win the game by 10 points. Yeah, I like Florida as well. I just see Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and everyone else just really doing their jobs and getting that uh, game one in College Station to move them to 3-0 and in the league. The other 11 o'clock game, uh, LSU will be hosting Mizzou. The Tigers coming in at 17. They uh, got a big bounce-back win, 41-7, to last week against Vanderbilt. They got right last week, and like we didn't really see it. We didn't really see it. Bo Pelini was really stubborn against Coach Leach and, you know, just maybe underestimated the talent of our quarterback receivers and offensive line. But, but you know, they got well last week. And, you know, I was hating on Miles Brendan. He showed up. They had no problem. And, you know, at home, the thing is, coming back from that, like when you get a reality check like they got when we went down there, now you get Vandy. Now you get Missouri. Okay, so you know, get well. And I think they get well. Um, I don't know how well, but I don't think they really have a whole lot of problems with Missouri. Um, Missouri may be the worst team in the league, bro. Yeah, they've uh, they they've got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> That's for sure. Elijah Drinkowitz, uh, Drinkowitz, his first year at Missouri, taking over for Barry Odom. Barry Odom definitely having a much better time than he was at Mizzou, getting that big win uh, for Arkansas last week against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, one of the two games in the league that doesn't feature a ranked team in uh, either aspect, it's going to be South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Um, I, I want to give the slide edge to South Carolina. I felt like they've played uh, – they haven't played well enough to win, obviously, but I feel like they've shown some signs of being able to be a good team if they weren't in the SEC. I mean, it's just must champ being must champ. He's competitive. Um, I just don't. Either way, both these coaches need this win. I think that's fair. Um, I don't think either one of these teams are going to finish over the 500 mark. 
I don't know what their preseason totals were, but I, I don't see – I mean, I see the east floor being a lot worse than the west floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the four worst teams in the, in the whole league might be in the east, or three for sure, if that makes sense. And so – then you got a couple of – I don't see it out of South Carolina. I know they compete competitive a little bit with Florida and what have you, but since he's been there, they just don't have any offensive power. You know, and it was kind of like that with Spurrier. For whatever reason, maybe it's because all the athletes are going to Clemson. You know, maybe I, – I don't know, or, or people were cherry-picking, but I just don't see that. You go – this league now, you have to score points. You can't just play defense. And South Carolina ain't figured that out, so – who wins? I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a pickle. As Will Muschamp says, it's game day. Get out of your bleeping seats. Uh, so South Carolina Vanderbilt, that one also coming up at eleven o'clock today. Three eleven o'clock games on uh, the Saturday docket for the SEC. The primetime CBS game will feature number fourteen Tennessee at number three Georgia. Tennessee. Uh, haven't been able to beat the Bulldogs in the last couple of years, but they've shown that they can win in Athens. I think it wasn't uh, there wasn't the last time they were in Athens, but it was the time before that uh, Josh Dobbs found Jawan Jennings in the back of the end zone on that Hail Mary. Uh, talking about guys that uh, seems like they played college for 80 years. Uh, ah. Jawan Jennings uh, making that catch in 2016 when he was a fourth-year junior, I believe. I, 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 Tennessee, what do they have? Like the second longest winning streak yeah, in the nation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, you know, nobody's paid attention to Pruitt. Now they haven't really had a whole lot of tests since Alabama handled Okay. It's about Garantano. Um, they've got some, they've got some studs on that offensive line, you know, and that's what you're seeing at Auburn, you know, which we'll talk about in a minute. Like if you can't block people, you can't win in this league. Tennessee's done that. Pruitt's done a good job recruiting and getting the right, you know, core pieces that you have to have. You know, you got to block and tackle in this league. The quarterback thing's always iffy to me. And uh, I think Georgia's front seven, and people keep saying, you know, we talked about you know, Auburn had a really hard time doing anything, man. And even though Tennessee's offensive line's better, I don't think their quarterback is as good as Auburn. I think you're going to see kind of the same thing. I think Georgia rolls like 28-7. 28-7 over the balls, a huge uh, prediction there from uh, Bart Lock or uh, Bart Heitch. Uh, what kind of a lock do you give that game, the 28-7? How, how much of a lock is that for you? That's a three-and-a-half star. Three-and-a-half star lock there from Bart Heitch. And now we start getting into uh, one of the two games that were moved due to uh, potential weather situations. I know there were several games across the country that were uh, that were moved or delayed uh, due to the potential weather situation. What are those being Auburn taking on Arkansas at home? That game originally was supposed to be an 11 o'clock kick. Now it is a 3 o'clock kick. Uh, Arkansas at number 13, Auburn. You've got Arkansas riding pretty high after a big win on at uh, Mississippi State. It was their first conference win in two administrations, I believe. Auburn uh, still having a lot to prove, in my opinion. They didn't look very good defensively against Georgia. They really didn't stand out and do anything impressive against Kentucky. They're still holding on to that number 13 rating. And uh, the big blow that came uh, today uh, was that K.J. Britt, linebacker, is uh, going to be having surgery and is going to miss a couple of games too. So um, 
I don't I don't think Arkansas wins this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than Auburn fans want it to be. What about you, Bart? I think you said exactly right. I'm actually in Auburn on the loveliest village, uh, or in the loveliest village on the plains. Uh, been here for a couple of days, and I have actually talked to a couple of inside Auburn folks that are worried. I just I think there's turmoil. I think they got turmoil. I think they've got a quarterback, bless his heart, who doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have a running game. He's got a coach that can't call his own plays. He's got a new offensive coordinator, and he talks to his daddy on the phone every night that's still connected with the old regime. And it's just the kid's got a lot of stuff in his head. And now you lose your top defensive player. This game's going to be close, Taylor. The only thing, the only thing I, I think about is like, I'm just telling you, I was in that stadium um, last weekend, and I saw that sideline with the Arkansas kids. I hadn't seen it. I've, I've just only watched it on TV, but I ain't seen that from the Auburn kids. There's a dynamic about Jordan Hare Stadium. I grew up. I went to 169 straight Auburn football games. Man. I went to every game until I was in eighth grade at home that, that in my whole lifetime. There's a spirit and there's a thing about that Auburn stadium. And it's not going to be there, you know. Um, it's not. And I, I don't – Auburn fans are really uneasy is my point, Taylor. Yeah. I'll just give you yeah. that. They're very, 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 very uneasy. Because – and, and typically they're the most uneasy when their rival is really good. And their rival is probably the best I've seen them in a long time. If Arkansas were able to win that game, I don't know what Arkansas fans would be happier about. I think they would be happy for the win. I don't think they would care that they beat Auburn, but I think it's important to them that they beat but, Chad Morris. They despise that man in Northwest but, but, Arkansas. But Taylor, but Taylor, here here's the thing though: like Auburn fans get so caught up in like, I mean, if they, I think Auburn wins the game. I don't think Arkansas is going to win the game, but. Auburn fans are going to be so miserable after the game because they beat them three to two. That's all they ever talk about. Worst game ever, three to two, when they beat us. Well, you know what? You won the game, so I guarantee you it wasn't as bad as it was for us. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean I, that's, that's <laughs> not hard to understand, and it was bad on both sides. But I think Auburn was the game, but I don't think they're very good, man. I really don't. I can. Um, and I, think, I can remember five hundred, maybe five hundred. Maybe. Maybe. Yes, that's uh, – whoo. I, I think you're right about that, but I don't know if uh, Auburn would be really uh, be willing to accept that. I mean, they already want uh, Malzahn fired, so I'm, I'm sure a 5-5 five and five would uh, do just that. I remember being they in buy the – They buy him out at 5-5, five and five, bro. They yeah. buy him out at 5-5. Five five. They yeah. buy him out. Yeah, I think they do too. I can remember – I think it was the last time that – uh, that Arkansas was at Auburn. And I remember writing for an Auburn site at that point. And uh, I can remember uh, I actually had a had a radio show uh, back then as well, and Auburn fans called in and said, I just, I'm so miserable after this game. I was like, you played a really bad Arkansas team and you won 35-3. Exactly. I mean, that's just what Arkansas does to Auburn. I don't know why that is. Uh, last matchup we'll preview is uh, number two Alabama at the school up north. That game being moved from earlier in the day to six thirty. Um, thirty or more point spread in your mind? 
Um, that's fair, and that's about right. Alabama's going to run the football, though, man. I mean, they're going to run the football. Big time, Taylor. Um, Big 22 is going to have him a day. And so I, I really think I – think, I think they can score some uh, miserable can, but I don't think – I think I think Najee Harris will have his career high for rushing yards and touchdowns. Hey, that's pretty big there. And then, of course, our game, Mississippi State at Kentucky. You've got the team with the most passing yards in the conference, Mississippi State with 936, the conference's leading rushing team with Kentucky at 553 yards. I think we're going to see an excellent mix of uh, of both in that game. Any final thoughts on that game before we get out of here, Bart? Whoever has the least turnovers and best red zone percentage wins the game. That's it. That's pretty bold there. Uh, Bart, I know another big game day coming up tomorrow. I know you have a lot of great content uh, for uh, state fans to see. Where can they find you on social media? At Heights 22 Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Bart Heitch on Facebook. Folks, keep uh, kept reaching out, and I uh, appreciate it, man. I love to interact. And uh, go Bulldogs, man. We got to go get this one this weekend. You can follow our page on uh, social media as well, on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M I S S S T. You can also send us an email, Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Taylor Jones underscore underscore. Well, we uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend, Bulldog fans. Going to be a pretty big game. Hopefully we get a big win on Saturday, and we'll be talking about it again on the Monday edition of Locked On Mississippi State. We've had a pretty good week on the show. We look forward to another big week as uh, we bring in our preview for the Texas A&M Aggies who will be coming into town uh, a week from tomorrow. For Bart Heitch, I'm Taylor Jones saying have a good weekend. Until we talk again, Hell State. We'll see you soon. No doubt.